0: Business and People, your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. Hi, everyone, this is Walt Bayless with the Business and People Podcast. Today, we are blessed. We have on the show a successful Shark Tank entrepreneur, someone who actually got the funding from Shark Tank, not backed by one or two, but all three sharks. He's gone on to create the ISR training system and the Swish Sales Academy. He's a worldwide leader in the sales organization. He's been entrepreneur of the year. He is none other than Ryan Tuckwood. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us on the show, man.
1: Thanks for thanks for having me. That that was an intro. Thank you very much.
0: I always want to give somebody you know something that you can play as you come out of the bedroom in the morning. This is Ryan <laughs> Tuckwood. Get my cereal ready. You know, this is everything we need to get started for the day. <laughs> that's going to be my ringtone
1: moving forward. I think fantastic, yeah, mate.
0: You. I'm I'm thrilled to hear it. Absolutely thrilled. Now, mate, you had incredible breakthrough with with the Shark Tank success, and of course, that was able to rocket you forward. But that's not where it all started from you. I was reading your bio. You came over. Uh, you you moved to Australia from from England. You were a, a broke sales professional sleeping on the floor with thirty-one cents in your pocket. I had the theme song from *The Pursuit of Happiness* with Will Smith playing in my head as you were <laughs> as I read through that, mate. How did this journey all come together for you?
1: Um, well, yeah, well, what you just said there is absolutely spot on, um, and I guess it, it did start many years before that. Um, just to, to kind of frame and put everything into context, I think when people hear the word salesman or salesperson, they think. Um, extrovert somebody that's kind of um larger than life loves being on stage um and that couldn't be further from the truth than me um, i was um an introvert by or i am still an introvert by nature um i heard recently from my parents that i used to spend many times under a table when we got into a social in- environment and i'd take my shoes off and not talk to other human beings um and then i got a job as a mechanical maintenance engineer so i did study engineering and i did that for eight years so wow um, I was very much a 12 hour days, 12 hour nights work by myself, never speak to anybody else and and be very meticulous at that job. And um, I was very good at it. Um, I'm very process process and formula driven. But then um, I got to the age of 27, almost 28 where I started to realize that maybe that wasn't me fulfilling my potential. And there might've been something more out there for me. Um, And at the time I had no idea what it was, but, um, with the the Australian government and the way they are for backpackers i had like an urgency imposed on me at the age of 27 that if i didn't move over here by the age of 30 i would miss that opportunity yeah so um so i gave up everything that i had back home houses cars and um, girlfriend of 5 years and i jumped on a plane by myself and moved over to um to australia sydney originally and then um then i traveled the whole breadth of the coast and um i ended up on the beautiful gold coast nice um and that would kind of, I guess, bring to, to what you said there initially was that I was a failing salesperson. Um, long, long story short, I, I struggled to find employment. Um, mm. You can only work for one organization for six months on that visa. And the only job I could get was in a call center. So um, uh, I ended up on the phones, $300 a day. Wow. Um, Terrible job was- for an introvert. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, and um, and and I always say I don't care how confident you are as an individual when you get two hundred and ninety eight people a day tell you to piss off in no uncertain terms that that is going to affect you, and um, yeah. it it certainly did for me. So um, I can go into more of that in a second, but that kind of that's where it all started my sales journey, I guess. Wow, falling into the call center.
0: Now you've you are now the the co founder with with your partner Jack. Uh, of the irstraining.com.au, which of course the main product of that is the Swish Sales Academy, which is teaching sales techniques, teaching people how to succeed in sales. And obviously that's come from that hard starting ground for you where, you know, your story is, as as we said, uh, sleeping on the floor with 31 cents to your name, you had to make it. Like there was literally no other choice. And I, is that the foundation of now what you've created with the, the Swish Sales
1: Academy? Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, me and Jack are polar opposites, but essentially the the, the program was originally designed for people like me, um, mm. for people that didn't want to be tarred with the brush of being a salesperson. There is a stigma in this industry, whichever way we look at it. Um, and for me, it, it, all, it, it all started, and I remember it so, so clearly, it was um, one night when I was sleeping on the bathroom floor. I was actually on a Lilo, on a blow-up Lilo, and um, one night that Lilo just popped on me, um, and in the middle of the night, about 2am and I just went crashing to the floor. I'm laying on these cold tiles thinking, what am I doing? And, um, this was about three months into my cold call, um, call center journey. And I remember going in the next day to, to the office and Jack, who's now my business partner, was my sales manager at the time. And I, I actually quit. I said to him, "Mate, I, I can't do this. Sales isn't for me. It's really affecting me. It's affecting my relationship with my, my now wife, Alicia, who's stuck with me. She's still with me now. um, then, and I said, this isn't for me. Um, and the words that Jack said to me next literally changed my life. He he just said to me, Ryan, you, you haven't even tried. And there's me doing 7am till 7pm going in on Saturdays, dialing $300 a day. I've always been a good employee. I've got good work ethic. Um, but he said, you haven't tried. You haven't truly tried to master the art of sales and negotiation. So he sent me a, a bit of a, a challenge, and he, he set me a challenge for the next sixty days to to really immerse myself in this craft. And um, with nothing left to lose, I'm quite competitive anyway. I, I I did that, and what I what I learned from studying all of the old school greats here—Zig yeah, Ziglar, Brian Tracy, Jim Rowan, Tom Hopkins, and um, Ron Willingham—was um, that there was five core fundamental tools to selling or community. It's just communication. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Um, Number one is how do you introduce yourself to another human being? Um, How do you make a great winning first impression on everybody? Um, Number two is how do you open people up and discover people's needs, even if they don't know they're there? How can you open every personality type up? Number three is how do you present in a way that the other person understands and they consume information? Um, Four was how do you ask for the business? Um, So finding out that there's three different levels, low-level, mid-level, and financial-level commitments that we should be asking for. Um, I was always asking in the wrong order. And then number five was um, objection handling and mindset. So how do you deal with a level of rejection that is undoubtedly going to come in life, not even just this industry, in business Mm. um, in general, and control your mindset around that? And when I realized there was five core fundamentals and that there was a process started to fall into place, and if you did things in the right order, you would get better results more often than not. And I just had this penny drop moment that all of a sudden sales was like engineering and sales is a process. And I'm like, I can, I can now do this. Um, and I literally went from 21st on a sales board of 21 to first in five weeks. It didn't take me 60 days. Um, wow. And that was my journey. So, yeah, the, the Swish um, Sales Academy um, is 100% based on those core fundamentals, but obviously it's uh, <laughs> over 200 hours worth of content now. Wow, that's fantastic.
0: So from, from an engineer's perspective, when that was laid out in front of you like a blueprint, and it was step one, then step two, then step three, your mind switched gear and you said, whoa, hang on, this is not some mystical, you know, ethereal moment. This is not something that I I just have to make up on the spot. I can logically follow a series of steps and achieve better results and they came.
1: 100%. And they came rapid as well. Wow. And and the word you used there as well was logical. Um, I'm a very logical person. I mean, everything just has to make sense for me. And it was, it was as easy as that. Um, I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it is from a mindset perspective. Mm. um, It's as easy as going in the next day and going, am I better than what I was yesterday? And don't get me wrong. I wasn't the top salesperson overnight, but I could, all of a sudden I could keep somebody on the phone for an extra 30 seconds. I could handle more objections than I did yesterday. And, uh, people were opening up more to me and I'm like, this is working. I mean, it's always progress, not perfection. Um, and and that gave me enough will every day to keep going. And, and then eventually you just become a, a new person. My, my, the stories in my head were different. I was telling myself I could do it as opposed to not being able to do it. Wow. Um, and now it's exactly the same in business. I've realized business is a formula as well. Um, and so now I'm just always looking for formulas in whatever new challenge I take on board.
0: Yeah, nice, because that helps your brain process the way forward and the way to to achieve because there's so many things, things in inverted commas out there that take our attention and take our focus. If you find the blueprint in, in whatever the thing is, then you've, you've got a structured um, process to be able to, to move forward, which I think is amazing. Ryan, some of the people that will be listening to the podcast, they might be on the treadmill or, you know, they're in the car on the way to work. They're, they might be entrepreneurs, they, they run their own organisation or they might be sales target-driven people themselves. And I know that everybody is a salesperson. But yeah. we typically find the, the two categories, introvert, extrovert. You get the the salesperson, as you said, the, the, the jack on stage with the the presence. And you find the quiet, introverted person. Do you do you now think that the the process that you've put together with the the Swish Sales Academy can benefit both camps?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and initially, I think it was very much geared for people like me. It was about so, giving people confidence, um, giving them motivation, um, uh, helping them write goals. But um, over the years now, um, we've definitely been able to take people that have also. Had 25, 30 years sales experience, and show them something that is pertinent to today's market. Yeah, nice. Um, right. it, it is a it's a deeper level understanding to sales. I mean, people always say, "Well, what's different about your program?" Uh, and I always say, "The different is the intent. Um, the intent is actually not to teach you to sell. The intent is to teach you how to understand whether you have an opportunity to sell." So, wow, your, that's a big difference. A huge difference, and and that starts here. It's, yeah. it's, your, your job is purely to understand whether you can help the other person that you're speaking to. And then if you can, great. If you can't, you, you now have a level of integrity that has to, has to play out and you, you let people go and you wish them all the best. And yeah. that, that's what Swish is, selling with integrity and selling honestly. So um, I've probably been surprised, um, if I'm being brutally honest, at the amount of truly experienced professionals that have come from our program and seen drastic results. I yeah. thought they might just go, oh, yeah, it's um, similar to what I've done before. I've heard that before. But I think we've been able to put a real logical spin on um, why people buy. So it's more about buying behaviours than selling behaviours.
0: I like it. When, when you were talking, Like I was thinking the same thing, that the the typical extroverted salesperson, would benefit as well by by not just running at a bull at a gate but by following a process, still keeping that same personality, not talking about mm. changing that in any way, but stop that run at, run at the gate kind of mentality, which, uh, you know, I'm in that camp, that's what we used to do, right? It's more about following a logical series of steps and bringing your your personality along with it so i can definitely see that the the results would come now mate at what time did you and jack say to yourself hey we're onto something here and then you know get the shark tank funding and and create what you have today
1: um well i think firstly it's probably important to understand the the original business model um so the, the reason the business was created is because um, Jack Jack actually retired at 22 years old. So that's a whole different story. He left the other company, and um, as he left the old organization, um, new owners came in and they took over. And they were, how do I phrase this? And uh, they were very ruthless business owners. They just it was all about making money. Um, for all intents and purposes, they weren't ethical. Um, they didn't have very moral morals. I'm comfortable to say that these days. Um, and that's where I had the penny drop. I'm like, hold on, this isn't right. This doesn't sit well with me. And then in 2014, we created the business, but we really wanted to to give back. And we real, I realized that if I can be trained to be successful in this industry, anybody can. Mm. So what we created was a recruitment model that was totally free of charge. So we, had, um, we would put two-day sales training, we, we call them boot camps now, but they were just sales training classes on. Um, where we would get job seekers, give them free of charge training, and if we got them a job at the end of it, we would take ninety nine dollars a week out of their wage for the first ten weeks. If nice. they didn't get a job, you've got some free training. Um, so business owners totally free of charge, um, job seekers totally free of charge, unless you got a job, and then it was just a thousand bucks over ten weeks. So our incentive was to keep you in work as well. So we gave you ten weeks of digital training. So I'd say. Probably about two years into that, we'd, we'd placed nearly two and a half thousand people, which was wow. far outweighing any recruitment agency in Australia. Um, and we'd saved the government over $17 million in Centrelink payments was a big... Wow. Thing. Amazing. Jack loves numbers. And I remember he came at me with that figure and I'm like, wow, okay, this is, this is working. That's um, so cool. And then um, I didn't decide to go on Shark Tank. Um, Jack decided to go on Shark Tank. Uh, <laughs> um, as an introvert, that's not an arena you decide to put yourself in. Um uh, so, so Jack applied and he said to me one day, um, what do you think we'd be like on shark tank? I'm like, Oh, well, I think you'd be great. Um, but I think, uh, do we need to do that? And he goes, well, it doesn't really matter. Cause we've been accepted. Um, so Please, thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. so, that's, so for somebody that's that at that stage still hadn't really spoken um, on stage properly only a couple of years ago. Um, I'm very comfortable in the training arena, but to stand on stage in front of 200, 300 people or more, um, or let alone go in a shark tank, that was anxiety heaven just there. So yeah, right. uh, so yeah, that was definitely his decision initially, but it's one that has definitely paid dividends as well. So um, we we knew that we had credibility. We knew we were we were post-revenue. We had two and a half, nearly three years' um, worth of proof of concept that the training was working, and yeah. we'd also created a digital version of the training, which was also working. So um, we were relatively confident going into it, Um but again, you just don't know what happens in that environment. Fortunately for us, we did secure um, secure the investment.
0: And from that, like it's not just the money from that uh, exposure as well, is it? It's the the mentorship that comes with it. Were you able to um, grow as a result of that mentorship? Not just the investment, but the the actual strategic direction that the Sharks provided. Were, were you able to expand because of it?
1: yeah absolutely and i think um again i I was very naive I mean, i'm 37 years old now i i didn't own a business until isr training um Mm -hmm. i now own a a real estate investment company with jack and a a hair and beauty salon as well so i've gone from no businesses to three businesses in six seven years Mm -hmm. so we went on the show and then i thought you walk around the back they turn the cameras off and they give you the money Mm -hmm. um due diligence and all of this sort of stuff so um Yes, we've oh we've grown if you want the, the bottom line, we've grown three hundred percent in the twelve months since the money hit. So yes wow, that's and that's amazing. A, um what we were very naive to, but we thought we were being strategic to at the start was we undervalued our business massively to induce the investment. Um, we didn't need the money and I always hope that, that comes across the right way. We we didn't. Yep. We were we were we were growing hundred percent year on year already. Um but well, I believe we're probably five years ahead of where we would have been if we'd have continued to do it ourselves. Um, Unreal. And that, that's through their mentorship, their guidance. Like they've all been here to the office. Andrew's used our training over in the states with his team. Once he saw nice. that work, they signed off the due diligence process. Yeah. Um, the just the contacts that they can give us as well. Like all of that's a sudden, amazing. you get it. Um, you can see a few of them behind me. Um, like that—that's that, not by chance that we've got those big enterprise organizations just after they came on board, you know? It gave us a level of credibility like never before in a time yeah, cool.
0: That's so cool. So Ryan, as we as we're talking to our, our listeners right now, the people that are that are engaged with us, we've got somebody who's sitting in the car, as I said, on the treadmill, and they might be heading to a sales presentation this afternoon. Let's see if we can help that person and, and give yep. them a couple of things that they can take with them into that meeting. Somebody that might be feeling a bit nervous, somebody that uh, you know, always seems to struggle when it comes to asking for the money at the end. What are some of the mm. things that we might be able to grab someone and say, hey, take this with you into the meeting?
1: Yeah, okay. First and foremost, I'd always say emotionally detach yourself away from trying to make the sale. If, you're, if your sole intention is to try and make a sale today, you're going to feel apprehensive because you're setting yourself up for a fall. So I know that's easier said than done, but if you can go into the mindset that my only job is to find out whether I can assist them or not, you will ask more questions, you will ask better questions. Um, so the, the job is to, to discover people's wants and needs, or even though that's a bit, bit cliche, not be thinking about what product or service are you going to push at the end of it because they'll, they'll see it coming. Um, so recognizing that the consumer is more educated than ever before um, should make you talk to them like an educated individual. So um, we normally go through five to seven discovery questions. and um, mm-hmm. We call it straight after our introduction. Um, just prior to getting that, I can give you a real quick four-step process if it, if it helps. That, um, on, how right. to, yeah. on how to frame any conversation. So... If I was meeting you, I'd say, I'd say Walt, um, nice to meet you. Thank you very much for giving me your time today. So the first thing I always do is acknowledge them giving me their time. Mm. shows a level of appreciation, shows a bit more about your character. Um, so the, the acronym, by the way, is A not ANOT. So acknowledge or appreciate their time. Then we lead into N, which is naturally after X amount in this X amount of years in this industry, one thing I've certainly understood is that everybody's situation is different. So I make them feel unique. I let them know that I've been doing this for X amount of years and I'm building credibility in my character and the business in one fell swoop. Um, then we go to O. or we'll say, obviously, for me to understand whether we can assist you or not, that bit has to be in there. For, obviously, for me to understand whether we can assist you or not, I'm going to need to ask you a few basic questions to ascertain your wants and needs. And then I'll finish with T, which is typically this conversation, this phone call, this meeting will always go one of two ways. And then I let them know in no uncertain terms, sometimes I don't have the answers for you. So if at the end of this consultation, I don't believe that I have a product or service that can assist you, is it okay that I wish you all the best and maybe refer you to somebody that can help? Not many salespeople are brave enough to ask that question. And it was an absolute game changer for me. It really lower sales defenses and what it means is they're now truly engaging your value proposition so they're listening to you as opposed to just waiting for you to get to the end to try and sell them so typically this conversation will go one of two ways if i don't believe we can assist you is it okay that we wish each other all the best and maybe i'll refer somebody that can help you and they'll wait for the yes yes and alternatively, if at the end of this consultation I do believe we have some products or services that can assist you, is it equally okay that I explain to you how they work and you can make an educated decision whether you would like to move forward or not? Brilliant, I yeah. love it. Um, that, that's framing. Um, and then, so that, that will be literally right at the start of every single presentation. Um, and then the second part is then to have your five to seven discovery questions ready to go. Um, and the first question should always be, why did you accept this meeting today? Why did you want to sit down with me today? What do you know about my organisation? Real big, broad, open-ended questions that you can't control the answer to. Um, and then we're going to get more specific as we go. So I go primary, secondary, tertiary level questioning. Um, and just so I don't, I mean, I don't want to take up heaps of your time going through this, but um, hopefully it's valuable. No, man, I'm, I'm, the-
0: I just want to keep you talking. I, just, I don't want you to give away everything from, uh, from IRS training. Uh, ISR training, I'm yeah. to you, but man, I'm just, mate, keep
1: talking. It's awesome. Okay, no. So, um, because then, what you've done when you're gathering all this information, you've got um, if you've done five to seven and five seven questions, and you've gone primary, secondary, tertiary, then all of a sudden you've got all this intelligence, and then you simply go, well, as I said to you earlier, typically this conversation usually goes one of two ways. I think based around the information you've shared with me so far, we would have a couple of options. Would you mind if I share them with you? So you've now asked twice for permission to present. So you're now permission-based selling as opposed to interruption-based selling, which Brilliant. totally changes the the dialogue, the internal dialogue they have. It will remove your fear because they've asked you to do it. Um, Beautiful. And I always say the only way you know to present your product is if you know you can help them. Like I believe, um, and this took me a while to believe, but I truly believe that if I was to do a consultation with you and you're struggling with, I can't afford it. Let me think about it. Um, people are saying they want to talk to their partner or send me some more information. I know I can help with that, so I'm doing you a disservice if I don't have the skills to get my product into your hands. But yep. the only way I know that is by asking you the right questions. I so, love it.
0: I, I can I can completely see even just with that introduction, Ryan, how you are able to take someone uh, from their position in sales, doing well, doing poorly, wherever they find themselves being able to then move them through in a, in a structured way. I can completely see that. So your link is isrtraining.com.au. People can, uh, can get some free training, can they, if they go to the site? They, they
1: can, yeah. So there, there's heaps of free material online and we've got a YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook. We've, we've got everything. Um, it's as, a, um, as a sneaky little gift for anybody listening to this as well, um, we do have a private Facebook group, which is usually um, kept for people that are in our online training program. Um, but if your listeners um, or viewers um, would like to just search for it on Facebook, it's hashtag Swish Movement. So it's just hashtag Swish Movement. Um, and then there's more free material in there with little oh, awesome. little videos and downloadable documents and so on and so forth. So yeah, Awesome. Of- so if they apply to get
0: in the group, tell them that you heard it on the Business and People podcast and Ryan will give you access to that, which is really cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. So, mate, now that you know what you know, you're, you're uh, mid-30s, married, you know you've got the businesses, Going back to that young man who came across from England, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently?
1: Um, I'd have just learned to sell earlier. Um, I no, remove the word "sell." Um, I'd have just learned to communicate with human beings. Um, the, I mean, I've been fortunate enough over the last few years um, to meet some really influential individuals. Um, anybody that's in the sales world will have heard of Grant Cardone before. I got to interview him a few weeks ago. Um, Michael Lane from Success Resources. Um, like some, some people that are real movers and shakers in, in the business world. And one of the common denominators is they know how to communicate their their message and their value to another human being. Mm. Um, I wish I'd have learned that as a teen because there was something inside me that was, it must've been there, but, um, I wasn't around the right people to have it brought out. So I would have surrounded myself with people that have. Walked the, the, the road that I'm trying to go down, first and foremost, um, and stopped listening to the people that hadn't. Um, I know that, again, it's pretty cliche, and, and I hope it, it really does hit home, because uh, my parents might listen to this one day, But and I mean this in the most um, loving way possible, mum and dad, if you do listen to this. Um, the day I stopped listening to you guys was the day that I actually became who I should have been, and I started to fulfill my potential. And that's not their fault. Um, they, they just... They didn't have that foresight. They hadn't lived this road. So they tell me to slow down. They tell me, Ryan, money won't make you happy and you're gonna you're gonna kill yourself and drive drive yourself into the ground because they can't understand that I actually love what I do. Yeah. So um uh, yeah, I wish I'd have been around these people sooner and um, been done more networking, but that came from having the confidence to network by being able to communicate. So I'd have learned to do this a lot younger.
0: That communication then is the core. Um, success principle for being able to move yourself forward. We've talked with other guests on the podcast, Ryan, that, that had that same kind of message about aligning yourself with people that had walked the path before you. Yeah. So if you took that forward in terms of advice to give, if you was, if you're standing on a stage, you had a room full of people in front of you, would that be your main message? Align yourself in a direction that you want to go and find a group of people that are, have a similar mindset. Would that be your, your core or would you, would you uh, have a different message for it?
1: No, I think definitely try and find people that have a positive outlook on life first mm-hmm. and foremost. Because even if you have a, a a really poor idea, they'll make you feel good about it initially. Um, yeah, because,
0: right. Which might just be enough to get you
1: going. It's a, yeah, exactly right. Because um, the reality is, we 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 we're procrast. I'm a procrastinator. I'm a I'm a procrastinator hiding behind the word that I'm a perfectionist. Right. Um, I, a perfectionist. <laughs> I think a lot of people can relate to that, man. Perfectionists are broke people, right? Um, yeah, right. <laughs> Because we never do anything. So I think if you can surround yourself with people that go, hey, just give it a go, which is what I did. But Jack Jack was my catalyst, 100%. Yeah. Um, I'd Yeah, be still building this business if it wasn't for Jack um, five years in. So um, surround yourself with people that will actually support you, even if it, it might not be the right idea, but at least you're going to learn through those experiences as opposed to those people that tell you to slow down and not do anything because it only highlights what they don't have the balls to do in the first place. Yeah, sure. Um, that's why they do it. It's because don't you go and do that just in case you succeed. You make me look really bad for being an employee in my average job. Yeah, um, right. You so. Know that's so- horrible.
0: But no, no, it's exactly right because people are scared about making themselves look smaller with, you know, if the people that are around them are, are getting bigger. So be careful of that. Take a caution. That's a, that's a really good advice. Mate, you actually, you referenced a whole bunch of material that Jack put in your hands when you were, you know, that you had that pivotal moment, I'm going to be good at this. You referenced uh, people like Brian Tracy and Jim Rohn and, and uh, you know, Dennis Waitley, Zig Ziglar, all of the, the kind of greats of that sales era. Are you a reader now? Are you still into the, the, the personal development?
1: Yeah, so my my mantra in life now is always go to bed more educated than when you woke up. Um, Nice, I like that. um, So so yeah, it's literally, I've become fanatical about it. I've got four different mentors um, at the moment, aside from the Sharks. Obviously, they're business partners, but I class them as mentors as well. Mm. Um, So I'm doing three different um, training courses at the moment, um, two of them in sales, one of them in psychology. Um, I've got a public speaking coach. uh, So yeah, I'm I'm obsessed with it. I just think that's it. Um, if we expect that from our clients, then that that has to be be me. I I realise if I could do that, for, I was studying for about half an hour a day in that sixty day stretching program that I told you earlier that Jack challenged me to do. Yeah, and I'm um, starting to think, well, if I did this in five weeks, if I just do this every day of my life now, where the hell will I be in a few years? Um, wow. And and that's where the investors have been really good as well. Like I look at um, Andrew Banks, um, who's obviously on our on our board now. Um, he he's in his mid to late 60s i think andrew maybe um and i remember saying to him when we first met him i was like why? why why are you doing this you obviously don't need us right now and he goes ryan i'm just curious i just love learning new new things um wow. and i just thought if he's still doing it then that's so then cool so, yeah. yeah so always be a student and uh, go to bed more educated than when you woke up i like that mantra that's good what are you reading right now mate um i'm reading the speed of trust again at the minute was one i had on this morning by stephen covey if you heard of that i have yeah um, yeah, really, really good book. So um, I'm liking. So that's obviously Stephen Covey's son. Um, I'm going through that at the minute. And then my uh, my focus at the moment is my public speaking education at the minute with a guy called Harry Singer. Um, okay. Harry Singer is actually Tony Robbins' public speaking coach. Um, well, there so you go. He, you don't
0: get very uh, you don't get much higher accolade than that. Mate, um, tell me something that people might find surprising about you.
1: Um, they might find surprising about me. Um. That I st- I do- if, they've, if they've seen me on stage, they would be surprised probably to know that I actually um, hated it. That might be a, um, a, really, a really common one. <laughs> they probably would be surprised. Um, because I masquerade, very much so. So I'm, I, um, anybody that's done disc personality profiling, um, I'm a high C, um, masquerading as an I. Um, and that will <laughs> make sense for the listeners that have done that. Um, and if you haven't, by the way, please study disc personality profiling for, from a sales capacity um, because it will change the game for you, the way you communicate with people. Um, and I think
0: that's the key, isn't it? Being able to communicate better and just simply understanding. The disc, the disc philosophy is something that's global these days and it's such a great way for people to to, to not uh, clash, you know, where they don't need to be able to completely connect um, by by aligning with the way the other people are, which is which is really cool.
1: Yeah, so that, they would have hated that.
0: You would have you hated it that you've... Uh, they would find it surprising that you hated being on stage. So what's, what's your next goals for you, mate? If we had a 60-second challenge and we laid it out and we said, okay, we've got uh, isrtraining.com.au. You've got all of these uh, you know, customers that you're looking after. What are the goals that you're setting for yourself? Where are you heading towards?
1: Yeah, for, for me individually or the business? Uh, go, both. Um, so for, for, for me individually um, is to... Um, obviously be the best best father that I can be um I've got a 10 month old baby boy maverick um, so trying to balance that um is a challenge um I don't think it is possible to balance it I think you're either all a father or you're all at work depending on what you're doing so um if I can find the the silver bullet to doing that then that's key and um, on a personal level um, my challenge my 60 second challenge for myself next year is to speak on stage in front of 5,000 people um that would be something that would really say to me that hey you've made a um a generational shift as an individual um that i can then pass on to others um as an organization the aim is very clear is to impact a million lives um, and to get the swish movement um global we are we've got people using the swish program um in on five continents at the moment but um we've never pushed into anywhere apart from australia and new zealand so um Moving to the UK, um, as in picking the business up and, and and targeting the UK and the US, is what's in the next two to three years. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, they're they're the the big hairy audacious goals at the moment.
0: Fantastic, mate. I, I when you're on stage in front of those five thousand people, send me a ticket, mate. I'd love to be in the audience. So. Uh... <laughs> you mentioned that you had mentors at the moment and um do you have a formal relationship with those mentors as in do you have a weekly meeting with a business coach do you have someone that you you know you have a formal or is it just a matter of send an email every now and again and check you
1: yeah I, th- I think that's that's a really good question i think um i i got confused by mentors in the start at the start i thought that mentors were people that you have to pay for and you go through a formalized training program with um a couple of people that I class as mentors, I don't pay them. Um, we just catch up for a coffee once a month and um, I just brainstorm with them. I mean, they're, they're openly honest with me and saying they learn from they using the time for, to learn for, about sales with me, but um, some of them are a lot older, 50s and their 60s, um, and it's just about um, nutting out a few ideas with them. So a, a mentor can be somebody, again, that's just been where you want to go um, and mm. As a, as a listener, maybe to add value, I was very surprised at the people that I asked to meet up and say, Hey, look, I'm really struggling with this at the moment. I can see that you've had a success in this area. Would you mind sparing 10, 15 minutes and me just picking your brain? I don't think I've ever had anybody say no to that question. Wow. That's so uh, cool. So the key there is just ask. Mm. Um, and if they say no, there's other people out there. I mean, I do a lot of these types of things now, which I never used to do. And um, uh, it turns out a lot of them are done by 17, 18 year olds. And I think, wow, that is that is amazing. I wish I had the guts to do that at 17, 18 years old. But I'll I'll never say no to it. If somebody that, that, that wants to progress and move forward, I'll always make time for it because I wish, um, I wish I'd have had the guts to do that in the early stages of business. So that's so cool. Um, that's so cool. Yeah.
0: Can we? Can I? Um, we? I'm so respectful of your time, Ryan, and and I'm so grateful that that you've been able to jump on with everything else that you've got going on. Um, can I ask you one one last question? As a, as a mentor for anybody that's listening, somebody comes to you and says, Ryan, I'm, I, I really admire what you guys have done. Uh, i am just started my own business, so maybe that's somebody who's in that startup phase. I've got my idea, you know, I'm starting everything, I'm working 20 hours a day. Um, what advice would you give to that very early entrepreneur that you've learned from, from being able to set up uh, with, with Jack and yourself setting everything that you've in, put into place? What advice would you give to that person who's just getting started, who really wants to, to go out there and make something different for themselves happen?
1: Yeah. Um, first and foremost, focus on revenue generating tasks. Um, a, a disproportionate amount of your time needs to be focused on revenue generating tasks, not, not the fluffy marketing collateral business cards, building a website. Um, focus on meeting with your prospects, speaking with your prospects um, and finding out what the market wants. Um, f- as a perfectionist, um, taking, taking the edge off, taking that 20% of perfection off your expectations and um, let your consumer dictate to you what is right and what is wrong and what, what's working and what's not working so I think that will be first and foremost and um, if you're not bring, we, we all say without sales business fails so yeah. if you're not driving revenue um it doesn't matter how good your business is you're not going to survive um, and secondary to that you can't sell a secret so you need to get as many people to know about it as quickly as possible yeah. um, and then the final part, and it's, it's more of a Gary V message, but it really kind of resonates with me. It's uh, be super, super patient with growth. Um, in the early days, I think so many business owners are focused on profit, and I know we were, um, when the reality is profit doesn't matter. Survival matters in the early days. Um, and I get that we need to to fund things and pay for things, um, So, but but take as little as you can in the early days, especially if you're looking to raise capital. Everything needs to go back into the business. Nice. So, yeah. um, we're, we're very committed to that and um, we know that for the next four, five, six years, we're not taking a dividend out of this organization. We're on a very small base salary and I'm happy to admit that. Um, I'm comfortable with that because I know what impact this will have in the long run. And yeah. when you impact that many lives and add value, then the natural byproduct will be money. So if you can be super macro patient and then micro day-to-day just working your ass off, um, but in re- on revenue generating tasks, I think that should make a difference.
0: I love it, uh, Ryan. Thank you so much, mate. I think that's such sound advice. I really, absolutely think that that nails it for anybody that's um that's getting started anybody that finds themselves anywhere so thank you so much and again guys it's isr let me say that probably isr training.com.au you can touch base with ryan you can get some free training and he's made that uh, facebook group available because you're listening on the podcast as well get in touch this this person ryan is somebody that has goals has come from an incredibly different background and has succeeded with creating an amazing organization getting funding globally touching base with worldwide mentors and impacting thousands and thousands and thousands of people and helping their businesses succeed. Ryan Tuckworth, thank you so much for your time. It is really an honour to have you on the show and uh, I'm so grateful and thanks very much for sharing the message.
1: Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much and good luck to everybody out there. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Ryan. You're amazing. Cheers, bud.